I wrote a book the other day uh, on penguins. You wrote a book on penguins? Yeah, I did. It turns out it would have been a lot easier to write it on paper. <laughs> you could restore it all and rescue me from You had my fallen You How Hi, and welcome to Backup Central's Restored All Podcast. I'm your host, W. Curtis Preston, aka Mr. Backup. And with me is my Bollywood movie consultant, Persona Molly Hunty. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going, Curtis? You didn't, I, see that, you didn't see that one coming, did you? I, I was thinking about, should we be talking about Bollywood movies since I think now you've seen, what, like five movies? Uh, six, I'd say six or seven, including one that you say isn't really a Bollywood movie, but it looked yes. pretty Bollywoodish to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's but, your, I, because I know you're a very big movie buff. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I, I I have enjoyed because you know you as I understand Bollywood makes a giant like a ridiculous number of movies every year like way more than Hollywood does, and so you know you said well th- there's going to be a lot of good in there but there's also going to be a lot of you know crap so you've you've been my guru my guide through <laughs> this time uh, and I will say I haven't there hasn't been one that I saw where I was like, okay, this was, this was a waste of my time or the story was improbable or, you know, that I was bored or whatever. There, 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 there's definitely been some, some interesting differences, right? Um, you know, there was what is supposed to be like a comedy, almost bordering on a romantic comedy at times with the three idiots movie. And I was a, bit surprised to see two suicides in a comedy <laughs> that one i think was the biggest surprise but um you know the, the uh but uh, like it, that's a great movie and i would watch that uh again and and i'm not i'll just say this i'm not a big outside of this i'm not a big watching movies with subtitles person not because i can't read but i often watch a lot of stuff while i'm uh multitasking and you can't multitask while you're while you're watching a movie with subtitles. That is part of the problem. You have to actually pay attention to what's going on. And we watched uh, we, the the one that we just watched. Uh oh, On the Dune. Um, yeah. So what I've seen: Three Idiots, Om Shanti Om, On the Dune. Oh, Talash. Talash was really good. I think that that might be my new favorite. No, but they, they've all, they've all been you know great. Uh, I've had a, had a great time. Enjoyed sort of expanding my movie universe. And what did you think about the length? Because I know everyone always complains about the length of Bollywood movies. Some of them, especially like Om Shanti Om, I had to watch it in two settings. We just say, okay, do we have time to watch a Bollywood movie? <laughs> do, do, I, do I have three hours? You know, you know, because I might need to go to the bathroom or something like that. I mean, I certainly will over three hours, right? Um, so yeah, once you get used to that, but it's not like. American movies haven't been made that long, right? Yeah. I mean, most of them are. Most of them are 97 minutes, right? But there have been a number Titanic. of two-plus-hour movies. Yeah, Titanic. Well, all of the Lord of the Rings series, you know, uh, Schindler's List. So, yeah, the the, the, the time didn't bother me. Mm-hmm. And, and and it goes by, right? Uh, and that one that I just watched, the Onda Dune, it just keeps turning. The tide, you know, the... The plot's like, oh no, what's going to happen now? 
you know, <laughs> and it's like, and then you think one person has the upper hand and then they, and then, you know, two seconds later, another person has the upper hand and then wait, they're bad too. What? You know, <laughs> um, there was a lot of that going on. So <laughs> thank you for taking me down this road. And yeah, you know what, if you guys, uh, th- there's a ton of Indian movies on Netflix. Oh yeah. Netflix and, and Amazon uh, prime. Huge selection yeah. these days. Yeah. If you're interested in what Persona thinks are good Bollywood movies, and so far I've agreed, uh, I'll put in the in the session description on backupcentral.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple things before we get, uh, get on. So our standard disclaimer, uh, Persona and I do both work for Truva, but this is not a Truva podcast. The opinions that you hear are ours. Having said that, speaking of Druva, we do have our virtual user conference coming up, uh, DXP coming up November 17th. If uh, So it, there'll be uh, lots of good content. We're going to do obviously do it virtual. It's going to be a half day. This is our first time doing something like this. And uh, so we're going to, you know, we're going to, we don't want to bite off more than we can chew. So it's going to be a half, half day. Go ahead. What? Oh, and I was going to say, and if you want to actually see what Curtis and Persona look like, we both will be presenting yes. at CXP. Well, now, well, now, now they're not going to want to go. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So yes, both of us are presenting. Uh, if you would like uh, more information on the, uh, you know, on the uh, the half day user conference, you can go to DXP. That's Delta X Ray Papa dot dot com, and you can sign up. It is free, totally free. Like you said, you'll get to see what Persona and I look like. Uh, whatever, whatever that's good or bad, I don't know what to tell you. Also, <laughs> please rate this podcast at ratethispodcast.com slash restore and one other thing that we 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 forget to mention sometime uh, I, I don't know sometimes where where these come out in order but we had uh, a person on I, I think it's going to be it's either this show or next show I can't remember but we had a person on that that we referred to in the episode as Harry Potter because it's not his real name he works for a multinational multi you know, many, many billion dollar company. And he came on and spoke very candidly about his backup environment. It's a really good episode. Uh, why do I mention that? We want you to come on. This is a perfect example of what we want. Come on. Don't use your company name. Don't use your name. We'll disguise your voice just like we did for Harry Potter. We'll use a pseudonym. You can make up whatever name you want. Maybe we'll give you a Bollywood name. We'll call you Amir oh. Khan. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and then, um, you know, you, you know, you can, you can be honest and, you know, forthright about your, your backup system. So because okay, you are not the that. only one facing problems. You are there not are the only like one, that. you know, it's, it's the opposite of Highlander. You are not the only one. <laughs> I don't know. If, did, did you get that reference? I, I don't, I, I did get that reference. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, hopefully somebody else did, but, um, I, um, you know, I, you know, we've been talking about me working on the book. I wrote a book the other day uh, on penguins. You wrote a book on penguins? Yeah, I did. It turns out it would have been a lot easier to write it on paper. <laughs> Sorry, oh. dad joke. All right. And if you Let's... want to hear more dad jokes like that, send Curtis a tweet or a DM and say yes, and maybe if we get enough responses, we can get Curtis to put one to post one every day on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, that's what we need. So, um, so I wanted to. T- so, there's been two really big ransomware attacks this uh, week, and we'll, we'll talk about the 
the uh, it's USP, right? You, no, I'm UHS. Sorry. UHS. Yeah. So there, there's one with UHS, which is the United. I'm sorry, the Universal Health Services, which is one of the largest healthcare providers in the U.S., and they have hospitals both in the U.S. and in the U.K. A total of 400 hospitals were taken offline by uh, a ransomware attack. Let's see. What did you say? It's the re, re, I don't know how to pronounce these. Ryuk, Ryuk, R-Y-U-K, ransomware. It's linked to a Russian cybercrime group known as Wizard Spider, according to CrowdStrike. Um, and it says they've been known to go what they call big game hunting, which is this is ultimate big game hunting. You take 400 hospitals offline and then hold them for ransom. And that literally is life or death situation. It is literally life or death. Life or death. Yeah. Now they did say that. I don't know if this is like the ransomware guys have a heart, uh, but they but they said that. And actually, uh, uh, actually, I've, I've I've answered this question already in my head. So this is not because the ransomware guys have a heart. They said that no employee or patient data was affected by this outage. What is affected is just their general sort of IT infrastructure uh, around everything else, right? So I'm guessing that means like billing and, um, and, 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 and pay, but it is patient services because they mentioned that they're having to, go, they're, what, did, what did you say? They, they'd switch to, that's what made me think of the penguin joke. They, sw- they switched uh, to paper. They switched to paper for their patient charts and medication information. Which is, you know, it, it reminds me. It's old school. Um, <laughs> it is old school. It reminds me uh, many years ago, uh, Xerox had a series of sort of memorable commercials. And one of them, I remember they said, in your company, when the copier goes down, does everyone say, it's okay, we'll switch to carbon paper? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> <laughs> that is not a normal response to things. So I can't imagine if they're a, you know, healthcare like these hospitals are increasingly digital. And I know when I when I go into the doctor or when I go into the hospital or whatever, the, the doctor is not sitting there scribbling on a pad anymore, right? It's all computer stations in every single room and... Mm-hmm. They look up your information and they go from room to room. And as you go from like to like go get an x-ray, they just pull up your file right then and there. And But the problem with this. So then you're like, well, I thought you said that patient data wasn't affected. Well, the IT network is affected. And so they can't get access. So they, so oh, to go back to my earlier question, uh, you know, is it because these guys have a heart? No, it's not because I have a heart. It's because they're using a SaaS based and and no, this is not, <laughs> this is not a, you know, a plug for SaaS. Although, Hey, SaaS, um, <laughs> they, you know, Druva being a SaaS uh, based product because they're, uh, they said they're using, um, let's see what this article says. It forgot the name of the, they're, they're using Cerner. So they're using Cerner, a healthcare technology company, to handle its patient electronic health records. So they've essentially outsourced that to a SaaS offering, which they just need they just need web access, right, in, in these workstations to do it. But if those workstations themselves can't get out or are, are, can't or you can't even turn them on because of ransomware, right? Well, you're not going to be able to access your SaaS based uh, healthcare application. But at least that that's good, right? That they that they 
haven't lost access or but, the data hasn't been deleted or whatever. Yeah, but they've probably okay. been down without access to those records, right? Even yeah, though so they're still there, yeah. it's still... Oh, yeah. that's a really good point. Yeah, so they don't have access to the records, uh, so they don't get to access medical history, you know, or if you're in the hospital for something before. Yeah, exactly. Like you're in the room. Ooh, yeah. If you're in the hospital like, and yeah, what it's like, what, what it's like, what medicine what was were you surgery again? <laughs> <laughs> Which organ did we remove? Um, yeah, I, I, I can't, I, I can't imagine. I just can't imagine being in the midst of a hospital and then suddenly, you know, you and no in the longer midst of a pandemic. And in the midst of a pandemic. Oh, good point. Right? It's Way like to bring because otherwise you back can, to COVID. Well, I'm just saying, like, if it, <laughs> if this happened in a hospital, right, there could be a chance that, yes, I could just move this patient to another place or something right. else. But even now, it's like a little dicey, you know? Yeah. It's a lot of the hospitals are at at or near max capacity. And then and in the midst of that, they suddenly lose access to the system. I, I wonder, you know, if I, if I was in that situation, I wonder if they have a backup plan. Well, it, you know, they mentioned that they have backup procedures and I, I wonder if, if it's possible with, with Cerner, like if they have a backup plan, if they could access, for example, patient records via a, a mobile device, or, like an yeah. iPad with a, with a mobile connection, whether or not that could be authenticated um, or if they encrypt the traffic. And so that, that doesn't work. I, 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 I don't know. It says they were switching to paper records. Well, and especially um, when you're talking about backup plans, I was just thinking in my mind, I'm like, do people coming out of med school and people practicing these days, do they still rem or do they know how to use paper for medical <laughs> records? You know, I'm just thinking like, you if know, you gave someone a normal yeah, phone these days, can they dial? Yeah. Well, actually, have you seen this? Have you seen um, Gen Zer is given a rotary phone? <laughs> have I you seen I'd these see videos? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, "What do yeah, I do with they, this?" They're like, they, they, they just don't, they just don't understand. They have no idea how to dial a rotary phone. That's that's a, that's a good point. I, I'm a scuba diver, and when I got certified, even though the world had gone to computers, dive computers, which I cannot say enough about. If, if when you got certified, you learned how to use the dive tables, which are a giant pain in the ass. But I think most divers today have zero idea. Divers are getting certified now. It wouldn't surprise me if they're getting certified using only dive computers, right? And they have no idea if they went down for a dive. They'd have zero idea how to calculate their nitrogen load from, you know, because you have to figure out, you have to know how deep you went. And then you have, you basically have to figure out, you, you have to pretend that your entire dive was at your max depth. Because mm, the deeper you go, the more, time. more nitrogen you get, right? So you, you basically pretend that your maximum depth is your, is your average depth. And then you calculate your nitrogen load based on how long you were down and that max depth, it, which, which will typically calculate a bigger nitrogen load than what you have, but, uh, it will better to be safer. It, it will be safe. Right. <laughs> yeah. Whereas a computer will do it. They take, you know, re, you know, readings every second. And so they actually will tell you ex your exact nitrogen load and it'll actually beep when it's safe for you to fly again. It will beep, you know, when it's safe for you to go diving again and beep when it's time for you to come up, 
uh, it actually does that because you're not, you're not supposed to, um, you're as a recreational diver, you're not supposed to dive long enough to get enough nitrogen in your system to require a decompression stop. To avoid uh, where, the bends. Yeah. So, so you're only supposed to, um, you're only supposed to go down for so long and that, that time gets shorter on your second dive because you have residual nitrogen from your first dive and a computer figures all this out. So, you know, in days where I have dove three times in a row and I was diving on air, because if you're on what's called nitrox, it's different. It has a higher oxygen percentage, but if you're on air, I did three dives in a row in a day. And in the middle of my third dive, my computer said, beep, 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 time for you to go up, buddy. You have exceeded the maximum, <laughs> you know, and, and again, uh, I, I think if I was diving on tables, I probably wouldn't even been able to do that third dive. Right. Um, because and it would have calculated yeah, and said, oh yeah, I can't go. Yeah. Starting with the fact that I don't have tables. <laughs> you're, you're supposed to bring your tables with you. Yeah. So I, the same thing here with the, with the, with the hospitals, I, I'm not a doctor. I've never, you know, I have no idea. Like, you know, do you think that they have these contingency plans in place? Well, it says they have them. It says that they have backup plans and backup systems. And by systems, it's like systems with a small s, not computer systems, right? Gotcha. Um, uh, you know, it, rem- it reminds me when I took when I took the class in college called Information Systems Management. The first chapter, the phrase in that chapter was: "Information systems are not new; they've recently become more popular due to the invention of blank." And it was computers. Uh, there's a much longer story as to why I remember that exact sentence from my book, but <laughs> yeah. So th- these are information systems, not necessarily computer systems, right? Gotcha. Um, and because they are doing life-saving things and they can't like the power could go out. I mean, they, the power goes out, they do have generators, they have backup systems for all different things, but they've got to have a backup system for what happens if all of that fails yep. and you know, we don't, we don't have access to it. Um, I wonder what happens if you have like, you know how they do computer assisted or robotic assisted surgeries? Yeah, they they don't happen. Crazy. I mean, uh, you know, I, I'm assuming those are IT related systems. Mm. Those are not, you know what I mean? Those are those are all computers. Um, and so I, I can't imagine. Which, by the way, brings us to the other ransomware attack that happened in. Uh, Dusseldorf in Germany. And this woman, uh, this is also a hospital hack. And you were saying, you said you read somewhere that this particular crime syndicate doesn't want to target hospitals. Didn't you say yeah. that? Yeah, they said, yeah, I think this one basically is trying to be on the up and up and say, we aren't going to target hospitals. But unfortunately, they didn't realize the hospital was associated with a university. Right. And Dus- so it Dus- like Dus- the- University Hospital. Yeah. Yep. So I think that they came across through the university network and then ended up accidentally on the hospital network where the ransomware ran went, uh, ran rampant. And, and then what happened? And basically a patient was coming and they basically had to redirect to another place because they couldn't handle the care. And by the time the person got there, they died. Yeah, that they sent her from Dusseldorf to Wuppertal, uh, which is 30 kilometers or 19 miles away. And it was an hour long journey. 
And by the time she got there, it was too late for the, because this goes back to what you were saying. Um, there are, they, they determined that they could not do whatever it is, this life-saving, you know, she needed some sort of life-saving procedure and they determined that they could not do that procedure in a hospital without IT. Yep. And so they sent her, which probably goes to what you were asking before. Probably That's probably the answer to your question about, there's a name for that, laparoscopic surgery surgery i've had i've had laparoscopic surgery a few times actually shoulder shoulder would be the latest one yeah uh, that's my first um old man surgery <laughs> <laughs> i had calcified tendonitis and they went in there and just scraped it um and my surgery my shoulder is like four thousand times better it's amazing right it's like a new shoulder but it but it and it was way less like it was not as invasive because they didn't have to like cut it open they just drilled a couple of holes and put in the lapis laparoscopic little, <laughs> little tiny things fast. yeah and um and then did what they needed to do and got out and it wasn't a rotator cuff so i was i was i was up and about you know i was i was working within i think i think about a week i was i was back to using the shoulder it was it was a little longer after that, but yeah. So those are those type of surgeries, and the more in depth they are, the more deep they are in your body. The more they rely on that that, and the, and the tinier they are, the more they rely on those those robotic assisted uh, units, right? Yeah. So the um, interesting thing about this, though, also is when they found out that it had been a hospital that was hit, they actually gave the decryption key. But like you know, decrypting a your entire infrastructure takes time, uh, right? It's- yeah, <laughs> yeah. Since we're talking about ransomware, I mean, what what can people do, right? So both of these, it appears that well, specifically the Dusseldorf attack, it, it was a known vulnerability in Citrix that would have been addressed if they had simply updated their software. It appears. Yeah, I don't. And, and- I, go ahead. And the fact that it had come out earlier this year, that vulnerability, there were patches available. It looks like the people had gotten into the system and had waited for months before actually commencing the attack. So like you said, I think patching, monitoring your network, making sure that you are following closely on what is happening in your environment, I think are at least good starting places. Yeah, I I, I think... I think we need to have Zoe back on here to talk about the concept of, of, of an advanced persistent threat, because that's what this is, right? They exploited the vulnerability, but then actually didn't issue the payload for quite some time. I wonder what they were doing in the meantime, continuing to spread their ability to do something, probably. They were probably monitoring, probably trying to find admin passcodes and other vulnerable areas that they can attack. Right, just investigating, maybe trying to identify what are key places in the network. Uh, it looks like this particular ransomware group is also known for stealing or exfiltrating data at the same time that they do the ransomware uh, to hold that hostage. Those are the worst. Yep. Uh, by the way, I, it's reminding me if if you know this is to the listeners. If you haven't read the Cuckoo's Egg, uh, or is it a Cuckoo's Egg? I can't remember. So it's Cuckoo's Egg. It is a great. Uh, book. It's a true, essentially spy thriller that centers around an attack on Berkeley's uh, computer systems a hundred years ago. Like not a hundred <laughs> years ago, but but it was it was at a time when 
whatever point in time it was, it was at a time when there weren't yet monitors. So the way he would, he put in what we call a honeypot, which if you don't know what honeypot is, it's a system that's specifically designed to attract, you know, the bad folks. Uh, he put in a honeypot and he literally slept in the, uh, in the data center next to the teletype and, and said, you know, felt that the noise of the teletype when the honeypot triggered or got triggered, uh, would wake him up. It's, it's a, it's really good story. It's riveting. It's not a big book and it's, and it's a true story written by, and it's, and it's some technical stuff. Cliff Stoll, I believe. Clifford Stoll. Yep. Clifford Stoll. Yeah. Have you read that? I have not. I'm actually looking it up in Wikipedia right now. It looks very interesting. Yeah, yeah, it is very interesting. And it, what, what it is, is he uncovered, and this is a perfect, you know, it's a perfect example. So he uncovered, so Unix was a lot more expensive back in the day. And you, like with mainframes, you charged, with universities, you charged back to each department how much of the resources they were using. And the, there was an integrated, like a, like a built-in billing system in the version of Unix that they were using. And then they were using a third-party billing system. And he discovered a like three-cent discrepancy between the two. And he was just trying to figure out why there was a discrepancy. And he ends up under uncovering an international uh, spy ring using Berkeley's computers. And what was interesting was because at that time, you know, he go, like he, th- this is all in the book. He goes to the FBI and they're like, what did they steal? He's like, well, three cents. <laughs> you know? And they're like, I don't understand. You know, the, the, they hadn't the time stolen anything. So, yeah. yeah. So the FBI didn't know what to do with his, like no one cared. Yeah. It's, 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 it's I don't know. It's maybe 200 pages, this book. Uh, and it's, and it's real stuff, you know, from back in the day. And, um, you know, and, and nothing, in in some sense, nothing's changed. (laughs) Right. The, uh, so, so what can we do? So obviously you upgrade software, right? Uh, what else can we think about? Backup. (laughs) Make sure you have, but of course, backup and make sure you have something that is offsite and air gapped. If only there was like, like a phrase you could use to sort of summarize that. Three, two, one (laughs) rule. The three, two, one rule. Yeah. So, uh, you know, three, at least three versions of your data on two different media, one of which is somewhere else. And yes, the air gap, I think, thing is a, very few people have a true air gap anymore, but you do need at least a digital air gap, which means that you can't, you, you know, if the worst happens and you get one of these attacks, you should not have the backup system it, or at least you should have a copy of the data stored in a system that is not electronically accessible via a compromised system on your network, right? And yes, a super easy way to do that is to use a SaaS solution like Druva. It's not the only way to do it, right? Um, there are other products. I know, you know, Veeam has talked about their copying data to an immutable tier in S3, which that way it doesn't... At, Amazon will not even allow you to delete it once it's on that immutable tier. So that means a hacker can't access it. There are a lot of systems where where the, the customer is, for example, they have an on-premises backup system. And I don't care what the product is, but they'll have an on-premises backup system. And then they will put an off-premises backup system in a colo or in VMs in the cloud. And, 
and it's just it's just an extension of their data center. And then the backups behind that are the same backups as well. And so what that means is that because it's an extension of their data center, if the on-premises backup system is compromised, it can see the off-premises backup <laughs> system and then hack it and then delete the backups, right? Yeah. Um, an, another thing that I think is really important, and again, this goes to those who are using disk as your primary backup mechanism, which is pretty much almost everybody <laughs> at this point, right? Um, I mean, I know still like half the world uses tape in one way or another, but I'm hoping that, you know, you've stopped using it as the primary target, the initial target for backups. Um, and, and if you haven't stopped doing that, then then it's that's definitely like number one for, for that has, this has nothing to do with ransomware, but just it, it's so much easier to performance wise to do that. Anyway, that if you're using disk as your primary target, don't have that file system or object storage system directly accessible via the operating system of the backup software. <laughs> what do I mean? That means don't put it, this should not be internal disk. Number one, that's just accessible like any other file system. I completely disagree with that uh, design methodology because of what I just said, right? If the system is hacked, then it's attackable. Bye-bye backups. Yep. Yeah. And if it's, you know, something from your former employer, right? Data domain, for example, which is a very popular tool and you're NFS mounting it to the backup server or SMB mounting it to the backup server, don't do that. There are other ways to do that. Every every major backup product, um, I know, I know, um, what do you call it? I know Veritas has, I know Commvault has, I know Veeam has it. They all have some other way for the backup server to communicate to the backup storage yep. without it appearing as on the network, um, on the network, and also in the operating system yep. that's being protected. What 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 else can you think of? Yeah, just make sure what operating system your backup server is running on because it's only as good as that underlying infrastructure. And if that underlying operating system is exploitable or has lots of issues such as Windows, just be aware of that and watch out because that's probably something you need to be more frequently patching than any of your other systems. And, and, I, I, and, and well, I completely agree with everything you just said. I, I think you're being, I think you're right. It, I think it might sound... I think it might sound like you're you're being mean to Windows, but here's the thing. I, I don't think, I mean, Linux, Mac, Windows, they all have vulnerabilities, but here's what we know. Almost all the ransomware attacks are Windows. Right? I, I would probably say, yeah, like 90% of them are at least, yeah, maybe even are, higher. are Windows-based, right? It doesn't necessarily mean that Windows, I mean, Windows definitely has some vulnerabilities like RDP, you know, turn off RDP. If you, if you are using Windows as your backup server, and if you're using it and you, you know, either turn off RDP or disable it as much as you can, like only allow it to be administered via a separate network because RDP is absolutely an attack factor for ransomware, um, which is the remote desktop protocol, right? Yep. You probably need RDP. But you probably don't need RDP outside of your internal network. So the other thing you could do is you can also create a separate VLAN for your RDP traffic and for those Windows servers that need access. So you can make sure that it's segregated from the rest of your network. Yeah. So either, like you said, like a VLAN or some people do a, a, a VPN, even, even within their data center, they might do a VPN just for RDP. RDP is a giant 
security hole as far as I'm concerned. And I know that it's crucial to so many environments. And so I'm saying, don't turn it off or get rid of it. Just secure it. Just recognize what vulnerability is in security as much as you can. And only use it where needed. <laughs> and only use it where needed. Yes. Yes. Uh, what are they, the, 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 the concept of least privilege yep. applies here, right? Yep. You should, you should only enable the services that are important. And, and I would suggest that maybe you exclude your backup system from RDP. Maybe you just turn off RDP altogether for your backup system and administer it. Like if, if the way you administer your backup system is to RDP into it and run a local GUI, uh, and that's the only way you can administer it, then that's a problem. Yeah. Right. <laughs> see if you, see if you can f- address that and turn off RDP for your backup system to make your backup system more secure. Because I, I think your backup system should be one of the, if, if not the most secure system in your data center. Does that make sense? I think it does. It's like when everything yeah. else is a smoking crater, your backup system should still be alive to help you come back. Yes. Yes. And the other thing is just because you have backups doesn't necessarily <laughs> mean you can restore them either a, I put I put a period there, <laughs> number one, <laughs> and number two, it doesn't mean you have a DR system. Investigate a modern DR system. Uh, this is, uh, I think, I've spent a lot of years working with a lot of the traditional backup vendors, and this is one area where I think many of them really fall short. That they're really good at backing up the data, and they're really good at restoring it too, but. They're not good at doing all of that really quickly. Just like you talked about the... Um, the Dusseldorf Hospital trying to restore the data? Well, yeah, when they gave them the key, the, all of that worked. So so in, th- there are. I'm just going to say there are systems, and yes, Druva does provide one of them, but we're not the only one. There are systems that will allow you to bring up your core uh, infrastructure in the cloud and they don't cost what it used to cost to do that that you can that you can leverage your existing backup system assuming you have a backup system that that has this capability you can leverage your existing backup system and you just enable a new feature called DRAS DR as a service and you're able to bring your system back up online and essentially thumb your nose at um, you know these these people that want to do you harm yeah, and I think that there were other. I, I can't remember the other company, but or yeah, company. But I think there was another one that also got hit by ransomware and basically recovered their network and basically said, "Screw you, people keeping me hostage." <laughs> I know, you know, we we don't necessarily have like public names, but I know that there's been you know multiple customers of ours who have been hit by ransomware attacks, and then they've been able to restore their data very quickly and not have to pay their ransomware, and that. The more we all do that, um, the less enticing it becomes for people. The less enticing it becomes, right? Uh, these ransomware attacks stop being so successful and stop making bad people money. Maybe they will move on to, I don't know. I don't know what they'll do next, but, um, and unfortunately, you know, unfortunately, the exfiltration problem it isn't solved by backups. If the ransomware vendor is going to exfiltrate your data, if you don't pay them money. And and basically that means that they're going to take it out and they're going to embarrass your company or like they did with Sony. You remember Sony pictures, right? Yep. And they, they got hacked they, and they embarrassed them by showing them what they thought about, <laughs> about the actors they were yep. working with. That was pretty bad. 
yeah, that's pretty bad. Or they do something like that, or or they, you know, they put out your intellectual property, like the the XP you saw last week. The 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 source code for Windows XP has been released online. Um, oh wow, I did not know that. You did you didn't see that? Yeah, yeah. No. Uh, you know, th- they do something like that, right? And uh, well, Windows is probably just annoyed about that. I, I don't know how big of a deal that is, but they um, maybe they do something like that. And unfortunately. If, if if that if you get that situation, there's not a lot that you can do, which means that really you should be focusing on the preventative measures, right? Get a get an IDP, an intrusion detection prevention system. Um, you know, get ransomware protection systems. Get all of the all of those protection systems because you know um, it's just a sad, sad day when you get hit by something like this. For sure. Well, it's been a depressing episode. It's it's what it, I think it's kind of this is a reality we live in, you know, so I think it's good to understand what how things are out there. But at the same time, also realizing that there are things you can do to reduce your risk and being able to recover from these sort of situations. Exactly. Exactly. Does that make you feel All a right. little better? I don't know. It's just it's just it's just a tough, tough time. You know, I will remind you of uh, Druva's upcoming virtual conference. Uh, you can, on November 17th, you can register for that at dxp.druva.com. And uh, with that, I want to say thanks, Persona. Thanks, Persona. And and uh, thanks to our listeners for uh, sticking with us this far. And uh, make sure to subscribe so that you can restore it all. System isn't worth a spit. Finally, I needed your backup. You had a chance to fix it, instead, it's all jacked up. See how I'll write on Facebook about you. Don't underestimate the things that I will do. There was a file, but I deleted it. Too bad your backup system isn't worth a spit.
makeup run Hoping that just for once it'll be completely done Maybe one day it'll all work out You're sure so